Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Tuesday, June 20th, 2017. Well, the Dubia saga continues. As you may have heard by now, yesterday afternoon, the Italian Vatican journalist Sandra Magister released to the public the full text of a letter sent by Cardinal Carlo Caffara on behalf of himself, Raymond Burke, Joachim Meisner, and Walter Braunmüller to Pope Francis to request a joint audience with him to discuss the dubia they had submitted to him back in September of last year and which the Argentinian apostate has so far refused to answer. If you remember, these dubia, the Latin word for doubts or questions needing to be resolved, consisted of various points of doctrine and discipline that Francis' exhortation on Morris Letizia puts forth that are in contradiction to 2,000 years of Catholic teaching and practice in which even the false popes of the Novus Ordo sect before Francis have upheld. You know what I'm talking about, communion and absolution for the so-called divorced and remarried. When the dubia were made public this past November, Francis reportedly blew a fuse, and we can rest assured that this happened again today or yesterday, when Francis found out that now Kafara's request for an audience has been made public as well. The letter requesting the audience was written on April 25th and delivered to Francis on May 6th. So, since Francis refused to respond, once again, it was made public. Now, the letter is written in an extremely deferential, docile, humble tone. What's really curious is that Kafara apparently saw the need to reassure Francis that he and his three other Dubia brothers are not Sedevacantists, nor do they believe that Benedict XVI is really the true Pope. Here's what Kafara said, quote, We do not at all hold the position of those who consider the chair of Peter to be vacant, nor of those who assign to others the indivisible responsibility of the Petrine munus, unquote. Munus being the Latin word for gift, meaning the, the, the Petrine ministry. Well, considering that they're addressing Francis as the Holy Father and petitioning him for an audience, it should have been rather obvious that they actually believe the Argentinian apostate is the Pope. But... Okay, apparently they thought they'd better clarify it. Now, the Canadian blogger Vox Cantoris put up a post today about the story, and I, I want to draw attention to it because it shows how accepting Bergoglio as Pope makes people who mean to be traditional Catholics ultimately reject or lose faith in the papacy. The post, which was published today at voxcontour.blogspot.com, is entitled Pope Not Only Ignores the Cardinal's Dubia, but Their Request for an Audience. And the blogger, Vox Cantoris, says this, quote, Remember, friends, your job and mine is to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Eternal Father, begotten from the beginning, consubstantial with him, and the second person in the unity of the Godhead of the Holy Trinity. Your job is to be faithful to him. Let us praise the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us praise him forever. Put not your trust in princes or popes. You must remain faithful to Jesus and to his church and to the papacy as an institution and the magisterium of teaching of holy scripture and holy tradition. You must be faithful to Christ, not to men." Unquote. 
This, ladies and gentlemen, shows precisely how accepting Francis as the Pope of the Catholic Church leads to rejecting the papacy altogether, because that's basically what the blogger just did. Yes, he says that he believes in the papacy as an institution, but he actually doesn't. See, the papacy doesn't just exist in the abstract. If Francis is Pope, then everything that the Catholic Church teaches about the papacy applies to him. Think about this. If you believe that Jorge Bergoglio is a valid Pope, then you are required to affirm of him all those things that the Church affirms of the papacy. That is what accepting him as Pope actually means. This idea that is now spread around by John Salza and the Remnant, Steve Skojak, and all those people, where Francis being Pope has no practical consequences to anything, but is nevertheless still somehow absolutely necessary for you to affirm, is false. Put not your trust in princes, in men, says the Bible, indeed. But that does not apply to the Pope, precisely because, even though he is but a man, he holds a divinely instituted office that cannot fail. The beautiful thing is that a Catholic knows that by being faithful to the Pope, he is being faithful to Christ. That is the beauty of the papacy, and that is precisely why it was instituted. Now, the impossibility of failing of this office is due, of course, not to the, the Pope as the man himself, but to Jesus Christ, who founded it, who instituted it as the bulwark against the gates of hell. Now, the reason why that doesn't describe Francis in the least is that he isn't the Pope. It's really not that difficult. What does the Catholic Church teach about the papacy? Let me give you just two quotes, one from Pope Pius VII and the other from Pius IX. Quote, from these events, men should realize that all attempts to overthrow the house of God are in vain, for this is the church founded on Peter, rock, not merely in name, but in truth. Against this, the gates of hell will not prevail, for it is founded on a rock. There has never been an enemy of the Christian religion who was not simultaneously at wicked war with the See of Peter, since while this sea remained strong, the survival of the Christian religion was assured. As St. Irenaeus proclaims openly to all, by the order and succession of the Roman pontiffs, the tradition from the apostles in the church and the proclamation of the truth has come down to us. And this is the fullest demonstration that it is the one and the same life-giving faith which has been preserved in the church until now since the time of the apostles and has been handed on in truth." Unquote. That's Pope Pius VII from the encyclical Dio Satis, and uh, that was uh, paragraph number six. Now, here's the quote from Pope Pius IX. Quote, this chair, it's talking about the chair of St. Peter, is the center of Catholic truth and unity. That is the head, mother, and teacher of all the churches to which all honor and obedience must be offered. Every church must agree with it because of its greater preeminence. That is, those people who are in all respects faithful. 
Now you know well that the most deadly foes of the Catholic religion have always waged a fierce war, but without success, against this chair. They are by no means ignorant of the fact that religion itself can never totter and fall while this chair remains intact, the chair which rests on the rock which the proud gates of hell cannot overthrow and in which there is the whole and perfect solidity of the Christian religion. Therefore, because of your special faith in the church and special piety toward the same chair of Peter, we exhort you to direct your constant efforts so that the faithful people of France may avoid the crafty deceptions and errors of these plotters and develop a more filial affection and obedience to this apostolic see. Be vigilant in act and word, so that the faithful may grow in love for this holy see, venerated and accepted with complete obedience. They should execute whatever the see itself teaches, determines, and decrees. Unquote. That's Pope Pius IX, encyclical Inter Multiplices, and that was paragraphs number paragraphs number one and seven. So here you can see, ladies and gentlemen who really believes in the papacy. It is the sede vacantist, not the recognize and resist traditionalist. We reject Francis and his five predecessors of unhappy memory, not because we don't believe in the papacy, but because we do. It is possible, entirely possible, that these men are not true popes, but it is not possible that the papacy should fail. So for all of you listening right now who are waiting for this one big sign from God to tell you that Francis isn't the Pope and his sect isn't the Catholic Church, let me give you something to ponder from the parable of the rich man and Lazarus found in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 27 through 31. Quote, and he said, Then, Father, I beseech thee that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torments. And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will do penance. And he said to them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe if one rise again from the dead. Unquote. And so it is here. God has given you everything you need to be able to tell that Francis is not a true pope and that his church is an anti-Catholic Masonic sect eclipsing the true Catholic church. If you do not accept this as sufficient evidence, everything that, you've, that we've seen here in the last, not just in the last four years regarding Francis, but really everything since the death of Pope Pius XII, if you do not accept this as sufficient evidence Neither will you accept if God sent you a sign from heaven. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org. Donate.